Exchange with the Editors of the Pall Mall Gazette, September 1894, from The Bibliography of Oscar Wilde by Stuart Mason. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Ethics of Journalism To the Editor of the Pall Mall Gazette, Sir, will you allow me to draw your attention to a very interesting example of the ethics of modern journalism, a quality of which we have all heard so much and seen so little, about a month ago, Mr. T. P. O'Connor published in the Sunday Sun some doggerel verses entitled The Shamrock, and had the amusing impertinence to append my name to them as their author. As for some years past, all kinds of scurrilous personal attacks have been made on me in Mr. O'Connor's newspapers, I determined to take no notice at all of the incident. Footnote in a review of Intentions in The Sunday Sun, May 17, 1891, page 1, has everybody seen this mad, mustardy-coloured thing of Oscar Wilde's? At worst, Mr. Wilde's intentions may go to pave some philistine hell. End footnote. Enraged, however, by my courteous silence, Mr. O'Connor returns to the charge this week, he now solemnly accuses me of plagiarising the poem he had the vulgarity to attribute to me. This seems to me to pass beyond even those bounds of coarse humour and coarser malice that are, by the contempt of all, conceded to the ordinary journalist, and it is really very distressing to find so low a standard of ethics in a Sunday newspaper. I remain, sir, your obedient servant, Oscar Wilde. September 18th. The following reply appeared in the Pall Mall Gazette, September 22nd, page 3. To the editor of the Pall Mall Gazette. Sir, Mr. Oscar Wilde's letter in your issue of yesterday calls for a few words of explanation from me. Let me in the first place say that we regret exceedingly the suggestion of plagiarism. The story of the association of Mr. Wilde's name with the poem is a curious and perplexing one. Our own part in the matter is, however, easily explained. Some three months ago, one of our correspondents sent to us in manuscript a poem entitled The Shamrock. The name Oscar Wilde was appended to it. Accompanying the poem was a letter in which our correspondent said, I have copied this poem on the shamrock from an old Irish newspaper which I happened on by accident. It is so beautiful and its sentiment is so fine and tender that it came to me as a revelation. Oscar Wilde may be a flaneur and a cynic, but it is quite evident from this poem that deep down in his heart he has kept the fire of patriotism burning with something of a white purity. I think the poem is one which the weekly sun might well rescue from oblivion. This, then, sir, was the way in which we came to give the poem publicity in the weekly sun, and this the spirit in which the name of the elegant ornament of polite society came to be connected with it in our pages. Mr. Oscar Wilde places our ascription of the poem to himself on the level of certain scurrilous attacks, which haunt his imagination. The suggestion is characteristic. I am not concerned here to defend the poem. It may be, and doubtless is, assailable. 
but even the most fastidious critic cannot deny that it is full of melodic charm and breathes a spirit of pure and exalted patriotism so conspicuous indeed was its elevation of tone that we were reluctant to believe it could have been the product of a mind like mr oscar wilde's and were driven to take refuge in the charitable belief that it belonged to the period of a forgotten and generous youth faithfully yours the assistant editor weekly sun offices tudor street e c september twenty first in that week's issue of the weekly sun september twenty third eighteen ninety four was published a letter from a correspondent in cork stating that the real author of the poem was a blind girl named helena callanan an inmate of the cork blind asylum from this letter it appeared that the shamrock was first published in the cork weekly herald about eighteen eighty one and that it had been copied into various american papers and eventually found its way into an anthology called gathered leaflets or scattered leaflets in eighteen eighty five under the heading of the cork blind asylum poem a summary of the controversy is given in the london letter of the critic new york october thirteenth eighteen ninety four wilde's second letter pall mall gazette september twenty fifth was as follows the ethics of journalism to the editor of the pall mall gazette sir the assistant editor of the sunday sun on whom seems to devolve the arduous duty of writing mr t p o'connor's apologies for him does not i observe with regret place that gentleman's conduct in any more attractive or more honourable light by the attempted explanation that appears in the letter published in your issue of to-day for the future it would be much better if mr o'connor would always write his own apologies that he can do so exceedingly well no one is more ready to admit than myself i happen to possess one from him the assistant editor's explanation stripped of its unnecessary verbiage amounts to this it is now stated that some months ago somebody whose name observe is not given forwarded to the office of the sunday sun a manuscript in his own handwriting containing some fifth-rate verses with my name appended to them as their author the assistant editor frankly admits that they had grave doubts about my being capable of such an astounding production to me i must candidly say it seems more probable that they never for a single moment believed that the verses were really from my pen literary instinct is of course a very rare thing and it would be too much to expect any true literary instinct to be found among the members of the staff of an ordinary newspaper but had mr o'connor really thought that the production such as it is was mine he would naturally have asked my permission before publishing it great license of comment and attack of every kind is allowed nowadays to newspapers but no respectable editor would dream of printing and publishing a man's work without first obtaining his consent mr o'connor's subsequent conduct in accusing me of plagiarism when it was proved to him on unimpeachable authority that the verses he had vulgarly attributed to me were not by me at all i have already commented on it is perhaps best left to the laughter of the gods and the sorrow of men i would like however 
to point out that when Mr. O'Connor, with the kind help of his assistant editor, states, as a possible excuse for his original sin, that he and the members of his staff took refuge in the belief that the verses in question might conceivably be some very early and youthful work of mine, he and the members of his staff showed a lamentable ignorance of the nature of the artistic temperament. Only mediocrities progress. An artist revolves in a cycle of masterpieces, the first of which is no less perfect than the last. In conclusion, allow me to thank you for your courtesy in opening to me the columns of your valuable paper, and also to express the hope that the painful expose of Mr. O'Connor's conduct that I have been forced to make will have the good result of improving the standard of journalistic ethics in England. I remain, sir, your obedient servant, Oscar Wilde. Worthing, September 22nd. End of section.